Some good things are happening over there in Building C. If you're a parent or a grandparent of children that age, we welcome you to go check us out at the Beautiful Feet Reading Club. I'm Wendy Graves, I'm Missions Director, and I have the privilege of introducing our guest speaker today. He's beginning our Missions Week for us. Tom and Nancy Wolf are no strangers to CFC, and it's so great to welcome him back. Tom is a pastor and a missionary leader in South Africa. He's also regional director for ABWE International. You may recognize that because we have missionaries with ABWE. So, Tom, come and share your heart with us. CFC, would you make him welcome? Thanks, Wendy. I was just shaking Good morning, my friends. I thank the Lord for Wendy and for her hard work as she um, leads you and coordinates the CFC missions movement around the world. So thank you, Wendy, and thanks for inviting me to come and to share. And Doug and Wendy asked if I would come and share and encourage you in the area of an unfinished task and the emphasis of our week here at CFC. And so we'll tell you a little bit about our story along the way as well as an opportunity to just encourage you through the words of, of Jesus Christ. We have on the screen here an image that they created here on, uh, on, as part of the staff at CFC. And I, I really want to take just a few minutes for you to connect with the image here because it's on the front of things and you see it. But what I want you to do is I want you to look deep into the eyes of the people that are on the screen. It's so interesting. When I first saw the image, when Wendy had sent me a copy of this, I was pierced by looking into the eyes, particularly to the lady in the middle and just looking into her eyes and thinking about the whole idea that God has people all over the world that he desires that they would hear the gospel and come to faith in Jesus Christ. And he loves the people on the screen dearly. He loves us, we know that. But there's something at stake here that we're gonna talk about this morning that's part of our missions emphasis at CFC. This is my beautiful wife, Nancy, and the two of us live in Cape Town, South Africa, so at the very tip of Africa, and been there for nearly 20 years of ministry. And so my wife is in the South uh, Auditorium this morning, and so uh, if you'd like to speak with her afterwards, she'll just come up front, and then I'll stay up here front. In the, we're in North, right? Okay, all right, I get all that really mixed up. I've been going back and forth today, but I'm glad I'm here right now and that I've got the screen working, so this is really cool. And so anyhow, say hi to Nancy in the South for me, and I'll see her afterwards. Here's what we're going to look at this morning, bringing hope for the unfinished task. There is an unfinished task that Jesus Christ has called us as followers that is yet to be finished and complete. And I want to talk about that this morning. I want to do it through a very simple way and a way that I trust resonates with you as you think about God's call in your life and you think about what it is that he's calling you to do and even part of the ministry here at CFC. So let's look at this. We're going to look at the Great Commission this morning, but I want to back up just a couple of verses because often we go straight to the Great Commission, but we forget, we forget what it felt like when Jesus gave these words to the disciples. And so in the text, it says at the end of Matthew's gospel, if you've got your Bibles or your devices, please turn to Matthew 28. If you've got a tablet or a phone or whatever it might be, and in there, I, I trust you'll write down, I'm going to give you four alls of the Great Commission, you'll remember these forever. And I trust even after we finish today, you'll be excited about being renewed in the area of the mission that Christ has entrusted to us. But as you're looking that up, look at what Jesus says to the 11 disciples. Maybe there were others there as well, 
but at least we know the 11 were there. As they're gathered on the mountainside with Jesus Christ, this is what Matthew records for us. Now, the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they, what's the next word? What'd they do? They worshiped Jesus Christ. There he is, the son of God, the resurrected son of God. He's standing before them. He's been telling them that he's going to leave again. Or he's going to leave and he's going to go back to the Father. And there's the promise of the Holy Spirit to come. But they're feeling the pain of Jesus leaving. Which is why Matthew says what he says next. So they saw him and they worshipped him. But some of them, what's the next word in our Bibles? Some of them doubted. Now, I, I know we stand as missionaries and we stand in front of people as we're dispatched to different parts of the world and there's this courageous part of what we do and being bold and all those things. But the truth is, I feel a little bit like the disciples felt and maybe you feel this way too. And I think it's okay because God tells us that's exactly how they felt. They, they doubted. Now, I don't think the argument is they doubted whether this was the resurrected Christ standing before them. Is there enough evidence Thomas has seen the scars on his hand. There's enough evidence this is Jesus. The word doubted here can be translated, and they were hesitant. And I think I'd be hesitant too. I am hesitant as we think about this. So this is the heartbeat of how people were feeling, how they were registering with Christ as he connects with them, and he looks into their eyes, and then he utters these words here in the Great Commission. And Jesus came and he said to them, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now that's not unfamiliar text to most of you. But here's what we're gonna look at this morning. Here's what I wanna connect in your heart. This is, this is the commission that Christ gave his followers. And it's still the commission of Jesus Christ today. I believe with all of my heart, this is not what Jesus Christ would say if he were here, as Howard Hendricks says it. This is what Jesus Christ says because he is here. He's ever-present He's with me now as I share the gospel and the truth of this with you. And he wants your hearts to be moved somehow by what he's still trying to get across to us. So are you ready? Say ready. Okay, let's go. Father, help us as we look at this today. I pray you'll stir in the hearts of your people exactly what you want to do for your name and your glory forever. Amen. So let's look at this. We're going to ask the question today. We're going to ask the question, can we finish the task? Can we finish the task that Christ has entrusted to us? Because Christians need to be converted to missions just as the lost do to Christ. I think he gets this right in this quote here because there is this sense that what we're going to do in order to reach the world is we're going to take families like Tom's and we're going to dispatch them to parts of the world and they'll do the work of spreading the gospel to the unreached people. And I say, not so quick. This is the call on every follower of Jesus Christ, fully empowered by the Spirit of God to be witnesses and to finish the task 
that Jesus Christ has called us to convert our own hearts and souls. So here's why we need converted and reminded this morning. Now, Doug's gonna unpack this and talk a little bit more about it. Wendy's got some things for you at the end of today. Overview of people groups in the world. A world population, as we speak today, is about seven and a half billion people. And that's up a half billion people just recently. The population of unreached people in the world today is a little over 3 billion, 3.14 billion, which represents about 42%. 42% of the population is unreached. Go on to say it this way. There are 16,962 unreached people groups, or people groups. Of that, here's the number of unreached. It's, it's, it's astounding, actually, that 42%, 7,042 are unreached groups. So when I stand before you and I say, hey, listen, this is the words of Jesus Christ. This is what he wants for us to be engaged in. We need to be reminded this morning and through this week that we get to spend together that it's an unfinished task that Christ has called us to. We're not, we're not done. We're not even close to being done yet. And so how does that impact me and how does that impact you. And that's what we're going to look at here as we think about this this morning, because let's define what it means by outreach. Because when we talk about outreach, we're talking about where you can go. I've been listening and getting ready for speaking here to Doug's series on eating the whole enchilada. I keep looking for this enchilada. So he owes me a Mexican dinner out of this thing. And so part of what we're looking at is how to reach those that are around us, those that are in the sphere of the world that I live in or in our environment. So it could be our neighbor in our neighborhood. It could be our colleague at work. It could be a, a schoolmate, a variety of places that we are. Those are part of the outreach that we do. And you need to be engaged in outreach in this community, in the greater Jacksonville area. And that's, that's where we can go. Here's what we talk about when we talk about unreached. Unreached is where you aren't going where you aren't going. And the unfinished task is there are a large number of people in the world today who, who we need to reach, I, I challenge my own heart with this, that we need to reach with the gospel so they can come to faith and hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, often we paint that picture a little bit like this. this if you're not um, familiar with the 1040 window, this is often the way that we communicate this. And the 1040 window is represented by the fact that the equator is here and we go up 10 degrees and we find the first range of what we call the 1040 window. And the 40 part then is the 40 degrees north of the equator. So in this range here is the majority of the unreached people in the world today that we're charged with reaching. So when we look at Northern Africa, we're way down here, but Northern Africa and we hear a lot about what's happening in the Middle East right now. The huge, huge country of India and China and Malaysia, and you think about Indonesia, you think about all this. This is where the majority of the people are that are still unreached that Christ is calling us to. 83% of the world's non-Christians are Asians. So if we took that world map and we drew a circle around that part, we could capture 83%. 83% of the world's population. 
Now let's look at this. Let's, this is the first of the four alls. You have some notes in front of you, I trust. Here's the first one that we gotta look at, and this, this ought to fire you up because I can't express you enough we're in good hands. And here's why I say that. Because Jesus came and he said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So there Jesus is standing before the 11 and he says to them, the very words of Jesus Christ, all authority has been granted to me by the Father. And then he's gonna go on and tell us what that exactly means. But this is so encouraging and we need to get this is the first of the four alls is this is based on all authority. It's not like this is just a little bit of a whim and I'm having a conversation with my favorite friends and by the way, I'm getting ready to leave and what I want you to do, I know it's gonna be hard, this is a, it's not a suggestion. This is the very son of God in his resurrected form about ready to ascend back to the father to be in all of his glory who stands in front of a small group of people and he says, based on the authority that the father has granted to me, I charge you to go and to finish the task. So I remind my own heart of that because this is Jesus Christ who's asking us to do this. And he reigns in heaven now, full authority over all the angels, over all the demons, everything happening in heaven. And lo and behold, here on earth, he's controlling all of this as well because part of it feels to me like it feels out of control. I feel like, man, Jesus, are you really paying attention to what's going on down here? Because I'm telling you, it's, it's not good. And then these images come into our heart and our minds as we think about this. I have a question for you this morning. When Jesus uttered the words to the 11, did he have this picture in mind? What's the answer, church? He did. He did. Now, when I see this picture, and even when I had to go find one, I didn't even want to Google this because I didn't want to find an image, but I found one because I know it would resonate with you. Because I look at this picture and I'm like, yeah, it feels a little out of control to me. And there are people, as I speak this morning, there are people in parts of this world today who've taken to heart the unfinished task and it's costing them, you know this is true, it's costing them their lives. But, but God, who said full authority, full authority rests and reigns with me, there's a task to be done, and it will. It will cost us something with what I'm asking you to do. Ralph Winter says this, to follow Jesus is to, to go to war. I think, Church of Jesus Christ, I think we need to stop acting like afraid, wimps, and coward with the gospel. I say that and I cling to this thing with everything I got in me because it feels hard and it feels afraid and no wonder we doubt. So our uncertainty that rolls through our hearts can't be uncertain based on the authority of Christ. I think it would, it would dishonor Lord Jesus for us to think this way. Here's some application. We live with the belief that Jesus is ruling in heaven and on earth. Is that a true statement? Yes. 
It's true. And you can anchor your life on this truth because that's what Jesus did. Before he told him what to do, he said, hey, listen, listen, listen to me. Full authority, full authority. You can do this. You can do this. Listen to John Stott. His authority on heaven allows us to dare to go to all the nations. His authority in heaven gives us our only hope of success and his presence with us leaves us simply no other choice. There's a task that he's called us to. Here's the question this morning. Can we, can we finish the task? And the church, the answer is what? Okay, North, I don't know if they can hear you in South, but I'm sure they couldn't hear you in South. South, if you're listening in, and I know you are, and Nancy, you need to go up front and just get them to yell it, okay? So let's shout North so that South can hear us. And South, we need to hear you as I ask the question again. I want you to respond verbally loud to this. Can we finish the task? Yes. Answer is yes. I heard South. Way to go, South. I heard North too, because I'm right here. This, I'm kidding you not. This, this is the heartbeat of Jesus Christ. He, he just... He just loves when we talk like this. We can do this because we have been empowered by the full authority of Jesus Christ. And in our little doubting, uncertain hearts, I'm telling you, stay with it. We can do this. We can do this. Both Doug and Wendy said, hey, listen, Tom, when you come and you speak at our missions emphasis, I want you to tell your story a little bit, which is always kind of awkward. But this is when our family first arrived in Cape Town, in 2001, so um, everybody else has changed except for me. I'm exactly the same as I was here. So I had like all that hair and I love it. Hey, but these are our four girls when we, when we arrived there. So we just sensed God's call and went into missions. Our youngest, just to tell you how far along this is now, she's graduated from the University of North Florida, is married, hallelujah, and uh, now lives with her South African boyfriend, now husband in South Africa. So two of the girls are married to South Africans. And so I love them dearly. And we're called the Wolf Pack. And God has done a great work through our family and our children. And I'm grateful for that. But here's the thing. When we went into missions, um, we went into missions in our mid-30s. So normally when a missionary comes and speaks, a lot of the missionaries come from a missionary family or they come from a pastor. I came to faith in Jesus Christ as a 20-year-old university student and was radically changed by the gospel. And I don't know exactly what that was going to look like. I just began walking with Jesus at the age of 20. So you fast forward 15 years and finished an MBA at Ohio State. I had, a, I had the dream job that I'd always wanted. We were doing the suburban thing in Columbus, Ohio. And then slowly God began to whisper in our hearts about something greater that he wanted us to do. Never pastored a church, went back to Bible school and um, made ourselves available for God to do whatever he wanted to do. So when we landed there, I, I show this picture because when we landed there, the only thing I had going for me was that I knew my family loved me and I loved them and I had the full authority of Christ. I knew I knew he was gonna do it. And the full authority has been there with us as we minister together. Okay, the first of the all fours is all authority, right? Let's look at the second of that because it goes on to say, and here's the commission as we know it. 
Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So we have the Trinity involved in the commission. Now we don't have time to go into great detail on this, but there's some things that we need to look at that Jesus is calling us to when we think about the unreached. The first is this word go. And many of you know that go means that while you are going, here's what I want you to do. So that means in St. John's County in Jacksonville, my kids that live in St. Augustine, while we're going, we're to do what it is that Christ called us to do. And so go also means that when we talk about unreached people, go also means that I want you to go. I want you to go to another part of the world where there are people that are unreached who need to hear the gospel and some of you, some of you get to go. Some of you are gonna be dispatched to certain parts of the world to be ambassadors for Christ to share the gospel and to build communities of faith. And then he goes on to say, go therefore and to make disciples. So I want you to go, and I don't want you just to evangelize and share the gospel. I want you to make disciples. And that's what disciples do. Disciplers make disciples. Share the gospel. People come to faith in Jesus Christ, and then they get grounded in the word, and then they go and they share the gospel with somebody else, and they come to faith. And that's what the 11 are thinking. They're thinking, okay, we've been hearing about this. This is what we're gonna go do. And then he talks about, going to all the nations. Sometimes go means I'm leaving Jacksonville. And then the evidence of that that's happening that Jesus Christ calls us to is that people will be baptized. What is the evidence of a life that's been converted to Jesus Christ? The outwork evidence of that is baptism. That's what Christ called us to. So in the early church, when they heard this and people were saved and came to know Jesus Christ by faith, the next step, and they don't think they wasted a whole lot of time, they went and were baptized, which was a public demonstration of a life that had been converted. It is now a follower of Jesus Christ. So the early church, that's the process that happened. They joined a community of church, the community of local believers in the church, and then God does something crazy to all of them. He begins to send suffering and trials in order that he can take the gathered that are there and in order to reach this all nations of all my people that are scattered all over the earth, I'm gonna gonna send trials and tribulation and suffering into your life. And then what I'm gonna do through that is I'm gonna scatter you out to different parts of the world so the gospel can spread. Sometimes when we look at the picture like we just looked at, that is God moving his people out into places where the gospel can reach the unreached. Sounds crazy to us, but God's motivation is to reach the nations. So let's look at number two then. Let's call it all authority. And then number two is what? All nations, all nations. And we can say it this way. We live with the belief that Jesus loves and cares for all people. That's the heartbeat of Jesus Christ. All tongues, all tribes, all nations, all people. When you hear all nations, don't think geographically. Don't think like borders and countries. When you hear all nations, think all people. That's the translation there, all people. So when we look at the image here, 
When Jesus Christ was talking about all nations, he really meant that right there. He meant all people, all different kinds of skin colors and culture and nationality and a way of doing family and ways of doing life. Can we finish the task? Yes. Yes. Wow, man, this is great. This is a good one right up here front here. Okay, you guys catching on. I think we're going to be okay here. Can we finish the task? We can do this because... Jesus is counting on us to reach all people groups in every part of the world. It feels daunting. It feels overwhelming to us. But you know this is true. You know this is true. Um, This was Jesus's plan A. Okay, Jesus, how are we gonna reach the nations? I'm describing it for you right now. That's what he would have said. I'm describing it for you right now how we're gonna do this. There there is no plan B. If plan A doesn't work, then Jesus is disappointed. This is the call of Jesus Christ to reach the people, and this is what he wants us to do. I love this quote from Charles Stanley. So long before there was an Andy Stanley, some of you will know there was a Charles Stanley pastored at First Baptist in Atlanta, Georgia. Look at this statement that he makes. This is incredible and it's so true. We live in the first generation in the history that has the means to evangelize the whole world. Missionaries before me, a generation before me, they shipped a lot of their things in caskets and containers on ships into the countries that they would go into. And they just knew they were gonna be there. If they needed to write a letter and send a letter back, they would put the the letter on a ship and it would get back and their family may know or not know what's going on. Everything has changed in case you haven't noticed, right? And we forget this. It was only in the mid nineties that we began to use email. Now, all all the young people are going like, oh my goodness, how old is this guy up there? It wasn't that long ago. I was in the middle of a business career, and I remember when we introduced email into our business that I was running at the time. How many of you have a Gmail account? Raise your hand. Look at the number of people who have a Gmail account. Do you know that Gmail only came out in 2004? So when Charles Stanley says, we are the generation to reach the world, I think he's right. And I don't even think it's my kid's generation. I believe with all of my heart that it's my generation. I believe this generation can make the greatest impact in reaching the nations for Jesus Christ and the generations to follow us can just continue to consume all of that that he's entrusted to us. And I I get to come and be a part of a church like CFC. And you just gotta look around for just about 30 seconds and you look at what Christ Jesus is doing here at CFC, and I'm telling you, I've been in enough places, I'm telling you, Wendy, this is the place to reach the unreach. We can do this, incredibly gifted people, great teaching happening here at CFC, resources to reach the world, it's, it's right here, it's us. And so we think about this even in our part of the world. So I described to you that we live right down here at the tip of Africa in South Africa in Cape Town. But this is the region and the area of the world that I do ministries in. And so we just turned a church plant over last year, late last year, and we started a new one. I'll tell you about in a second. But 
this is another region of the world that we're, we're trying to penetrate and have some influence in, in the area of, of Mozambique, in this country along the, the eastern border of southern Africa. And so one of the things that makes sense to us as we think about reaching Mozambique is many of you know, Mozambique, what, what language do they speak in Mozambique? Do any of you know that? What do they speak there? Portuguese, right? Okay, so one of the greatest hurdles in doing cross-culture ministries and reaching nations is you gotta learn the language in order to communicate. You gotta start there. There's a lot of time, energy, effort, money that goes into language training. So we've gone to Brazil and we've said, hey, listen, Brazil's been planting churches, evangelizing, um, a large group of Brazilians that speak Portuguese come and help us reach the country of Mozambique. And so we made a survey trip there last year and I brought a picture along. This is Pastor Genwan. And Pastor Genwan leads a mission agency in Brazil. And he's partnering with us, trying to encourage Brazilians to take what God has entrusted to them to come to Mozambique. We'll partner with them in South Africa and we'll try to, to have a greater impact in Mozambique. So Brazilian, Brazilian theologians, um, Mozambique pastors. <laughs> Look at this, this guy here. I mean, I just love this guy. But here's what happened in Mozambique. Because when we went, it was easier just to tell them I was from South Africa instead of trying to explain the whole story. And here's what they said to me. Tom, Pastor Tom, when you get back to South Africa, remind the people there that they can do this. They can follow Jesus. He said, we realize that they've gone through apartheid. And when I say that, I, you gotta register. This is just 20 years ago in the country where I live. We had separate drinking fountains. We had separate restrooms. We never mixed people groups at all in the churches because of apartheid and the separation of the people groups there. And they said to me, tell the people in South Africa they can do this. They can be faithful to God. And so these guys are group of pastors that we met with. And the reason they said that, because they went on to say, listen to this, in our country in Mozambique, we've had two civil wars in the last 30 years, and it still feels like a civil war. And it was just almost like these, these um, guys looking at me and just saying, we don't, it doesn't feel like we got much hope. <laughs> like, Come and help us do what we're trying to do. They didn't even, they hear my American accent and usually that means you got any money for me. And it wasn't like that at all. They're like, come and teach us. Teach us how to make disciples so that we can reach this country for Jesus Christ. It's phenomenal. And so these guys here are counting on us and trying to give in into Northern Mozambique and reaching some unreached people groups. All nations, uh, we talked about all authority. Look at this next one to observe all. This might be the hardest of all that I've talked about. Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Now, the reason I say that is because the teaching part is fairly easy to do. We study our Bibles. We are faithful to the text historically, grammatically, contextually. And we teach the word of God. Fairly easy to do. The hard part is what Jesus said here is that I, what I want in the Great Commission and making disciples is I want them to observe all. 
The catalyst of the gospel of Jesus Christ is observed through his followers through submission. So it's not enough that we just go in and disseminate Bible information. We have to be with people long enough that they can understand the scriptures and take those scriptures and try to reach other people with the gospel. That's why I say this is so hard. Well, it leads to our third point, all things. I'm giving you authority. The charge is all the nations. And I want you to go and I want you to be with them. I want you to live with them. I want you to get to know them. I want you to invest in them and help them to observe all the things I've taught you. I want you to teach them. Now, CFC, listen up closely because all of us are in a position where we've been fed and taught and nurtured the word of God. You, as a follower of Jesus Christ, cannot hoard what you've been entrusted with. The commission says, teach them to observe. So I need to be busy about making disciples. You need to be busy about making disciples. So disciples, making disciples through the work of the Holy Spirit of the gospel, and more and more people will come to faith in Christ. So we say it this way. We live with the belief that Jesus taught us truth and he expects a submissive response. And when we talk like this, what it means is that I draw a little circle around me because the commission might sound like, man, let's go send people to those parts that Tom's talking about. And Jesus is shouting, hey, wait a minute, not so quick. I've, I've taught you so much. And I want you to use what I've taught you to help others observe on how to follow me and what that looks like. Charles Spurgeon, the great Baptist pastor, says it this way, half obedience is whole disobedience. Don't, don't let your mind wander to me and say, go get him, Tom. We're gonna dispatch you to another part of the world or all the missionaries that we support here at CFC. Um, this, this is Jesus Christ speaking to us this morning. Do you sense it? I want you to sense it. So can we finish the task? Yes. Okay, let's keep going. We're gonna finish up here. Because we can do this through teaching the word and helping people in their obedience to Christ. That's what Christ has charged you with it's what he's charged me with. This is a community where we are now doing ministries in South Africa, down in Cape Town. And um, I want you to picture where this is. So there's a street that is right here. And then the community where we live is just over here. So there's about, we live about, I don't think it's a kilometer, maybe a half kilometer away from the community that we're now planting our new church. And so we're doing ministries in here, and here's what's happening in, in our part of the world, is that as we go in and we try to minister, interesting enough, not of a lot of adults are coming to our, our new work and our new ministry, and I, I don't think a lot of people seem very interested, to be honest with you. So today, they're about seven hours ahead of us, so they would have had church this morning, uh, in the middle of the night, and there's probably 25 or 30 people that probably showed up for our service today. It's a, new, it's a new work, and often it's like that. But 
for some reason, God seems to be sending kids from that informal settlement in that township. And so we'll have this kids, the group of kids this week. Next week, it'll double. Next week, it'll be back down again. The white kids in the picture are missionary kids. Matter of fact, they're my grandkids. <laughs> our daughter and husband are there doing ministry. And so their kids are part of our church plant and our kids' ministry. And we're, we're doing what Christ called us to do. And um, we're teaching the children, and then we're asking them to observe the things that God's teaching them, knowing that it's been really hard to reach this generation, but maybe God will allow us to reach this generation of kids who need the gospel and need truth and need to have some hope with what's happening. So we looked at all authority. We've looked at all nations. We looked at all things. And let's close with the last and then we'll, we'll pray together. Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I am with you. What's the next word? Always, Always to the end of the age. Now, I, I, am, I am so excited about this because I'm, I'm so glad Jesus said this, and the way he said it matters to me. And behold, it's like he's standing there before them. What I, what I want you to do this morning is, might make you a little uncomfortable, but just go ahead and set your Bible down or your phone or whatever. Just put your hands like this. Would you do that this morning? And I know it feels a little bit uncomfortable maybe, but it actually feels really good. Um, There's Jesus standing before the 11. And I don't think he asked them to do this. It doesn't say, but he wanted them to understand that based on the authority and based on everything I've called you to, I want you to know, I want you to behold that I will be with you and I will be with you always. You can put your hands down. He didn't just say, I'll be with you. He said, I'll be with you always. And to the end, often we think of the Great Commission, we think about Jesus being with always. Okay, always like in future, like he's gonna be with us till the end, and that's true. But a good translation of this I think when we think of always is the idea of all days. The translation in, in the scriptures, I think, when we look at the original language is, I will be with you all of the days. I will be with you all of the days. Isn't this so good? Because right now, I believe this statement's true for us right now, right here, never to be repeated. Jesus is here right now. And so as I send you out and I call you to reach all people groups around the world, listen, I will be with you then as well. And I'm going to be with you. Listen to this. I'm going to be with you until we reach every one of those unreached people groups. And I'm not coming back until we get to all of them. That's why it's unfinished. And so you think about being part of the 11 in the original group and then you fast forward and you get to us and you say, okay, Jesus, we're listening. We're listening to what it is that you're saying. We live with a belief that Jesus is in us, he's for us, and never ever forget in your doubting, uncertain heart that he is with us. The promise of the authority, the commission in between, and then the promise that I'm with you. Can we finish the task? Yes. Yes. 
We can do this knowing we are never alone and he was with us. He's with us until the very, until the very end. It's time to close our, our time together. Somewhere I hope you've got these written down. You can, when you lead someone else to Christ, this is in the DNA in every church that we plant. As a church, you're charged immediately when we come to your community to start a new church that you're gonna start another church. When we lead you to Christ and we share the gospel with you, you're charged with leading another person to Christ. That's the call of Christ. So all authority, all nations, all things, all days, teach this to your disciples. Teach this to people that um, when they come to faith in Jesus Christ of what God wants to do through you and through them. There they are again. They're back before us and their eyes are piercing us. And this is what Jesus is talking about. Now, I'm gonna, as we close this morning, I'm gonna put a, um, we're gonna play a little video. It's about two minutes long. It's an old video. It's not the clearest of things, but it happened a long time ago. So stay with it. But at the end of the video, you're gonna look into the eyes of somebody on the screen. And what I want you to do is I don't want you to blink and I want you to stay with his eyes. All right, stay with his eyes till the end. And then I'm gonna come back and we're gonna pray together. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always. to the very end of the age. see his eyes. I, I, don't, I don't know what he looks like. But I know his word and I know his voice. And what I want us to remind of is this week as we think about 
missions emphasis at CFC is it's as if Jesus Christ is standing before us and he's waving us on. He's like, he's like, come on. Come on, we can do this. We are so positioned, we are so ripe, we are so ready to make an impact. At our church in South Africa, as I was leaving our last church plant, I'd asked our church family there, it's like, how will we be known as a church? And they're like, well, Pastor Tom, we're gonna be known by the word of God. We, we cling, we trust the word of God. We've been faithful to the word. As I was departing, I said, what if we were known as a church who reached an unreached group of people? CFC, what if you were known by Christ and, and all the angels in heaven as a church who did amazing things in reaching the unreached? I know of no better church in the United States than CFC to do that. I mean that with all of my heart. You're so equipped. You're so ready. It's going to take all four of those alls in order to stay faithful to it and what we're already doing. Can we finish the task? Yes! I believe we can. I believe we can. I think we're committed to that. 27% of the world is completely unevangelized. Will we finish the task, I think, is the question before us now. Let me close with um, this, because this is how I think we'll do it. The Great Commission is too big for anyone to accomplish alone, and it's too important not to try to do together. And I say that because as a missionary and as a, a family that loves CFC and is engaged with ministry here is that we need you, and you need us. You do. That's how God's going to do it. So we've got to work together in everything that Christ has called us. Wendy has some examples of things as I pray for us as we close. Okay, Doug, at the end of his messages, I notice is getting to ask some questions. So are you ready? Say ready. Okay, buckle up. Okay, I'm going to give you three of them, and I want you to think about these things as we close our service today. The first is this. What am I going to do for the, for the, um, for the outreach at CFC? He's been, he's been stirring your heart. I say Christ has been stirring your heart through messages that Doug's been sharing about reaching uh, this community for Christ. And I wanna charge you this morning to be intentional about that, to go and do it based on what you know is true of your relationship with God. Second is this, is what can I do to impact the unreached? We've got some ideas for you. Wendy's gonna come and share that about what you can do. I'm gonna stay afterwards, engage with me up front, put South Africa on the map for us of a place where you can have an impact and, a, and an opportunity to be engaged. And then third is this, am I willing to go, send, and support? Father God, thank you for our time together this morning that's been precious ordained by you just for today. And I literally pray over our people this morning, Lord. I pray for this church. I pray for those, the gatherers that are here now listening to you speak, that you would stir in our heart a greater passion, not only for this community, but for the nations, for all people.
Father, I pray we will not be bashful. I pray we won't um, hoard what you've entrusted to us that will be faithful to use it for your glory and your honor. I pray for the people that are sitting here this morning even wondering if they're part of the family that will go. And I pray, Father, in the depth of their soul and heart, you'll comfort and strengthen them to step out by faith and to pursue the things of you in that area. And so, Father, we love you with all of our hearts. We thank you for the time you've granted us today. And may it stir our hearts in the days to come. In Christ's name, amen. I'd ask you to pray. We fly out tomorrow morning to to fly back to South Africa and um, pray for the country that is now running out of water. Some of you may be hearing this. You can Google it. We're, I think the 12th of April is zero day in Cape Town for water. And so you can do without electric, and we've done that without electric, but you can't, you can't live without water. And so pray for the country. Pray as we go back. Pray that God will even use a drought to uh, further stir the movement of the gospel in this country. Amen. And thank you. Thank you for allowing us to be part of the day today. The Lord bless you. Wendy. Thank you so much, Tom. Before you go, could I just tell you a couple of things? In your bulletins are some missions weeks activities. I just want to um, tell you in case a Wednesday night's not clear to you, on Wednesday night, all men, sixth grade and up, will meet in the senior high room for a free meal and what we're calling um, live from the field because your missionary from an unreached people is going to be Kent Muling and he's going to join us live from Japan. So Kent's in Japan. And we want you to come and interact with him. Women, at the same time, all ladies, sixth grade and up, will meet in the junior high room for um, dinner and a live visit with Elizabeth Arnold from Africa. So you don't want to miss that. She's got lots to share with you. On Saturday, we have a special women's breakfast, 9 o'clock in Building C. And Arlene Richardson will be joining us. She was with us last year. If you were here, you know what an amazing speaker she was. But don't think you've heard it all. She's coming with something brand new that God's put on her heart to share with us. So we hope you'll join us for that. And then really the opportunities that Tom was referring to, you will really learn about them next Sunday when Doug presents them in, um, in his teaching time. So would you come prepared to stay? just a few minutes after whatever hour you attend, we're going to have short breakout sessions right here in this building to tell you a little more about the opportunities that Doug is going to be telling you. If we can pray for you this morning, straight out this door is a prayer team. And if you're in South Auditorium, if you go out that back right door and then take a right at the sidewalk, our prayer team would love to pray for you. Thank you so much. Happy Super Bowl Day.